John Laster is a New York-based comedian originally from Denver who played college basketball at Colorado State. You'll soon see him on Comedy Central's Premium Blend. He was once written up in the New York Times and elsewhere for being kicked out of an Atlantic City casino for Donald Trump jokes. Is one of my favorites. He's also created an app called Blap with two Ps that lets users find black-owned businesses near them. On Twitter, you can follow him at RealJohnLaster. And on Instagram, he's at he's news funny or what? what is it on Instagram? On Instagram, it's he was funny. He was funny. Past, past tense, of course. Yeah, yes. I, was, I, I was thinking about something since the last time we talked, and it had to be a nightmare. Um, because obviously I mean, it happened in New York, it happened everywhere, but in Austin, all the nightclubs, big music scene just got obliterated by COVID. Half of them couldn't come back. Half of them didn't make it. And I was thinking, wait a minute, man, what's comedy like in a COVID world, not just a COVID world, but a New York based COVID world. It must suck. Yeah. You know what? I mean, we were, obviously we were gone for a long time and then we were, we, we, people got creative. So there were actually a lot of outdoor shows, some better than others. Do you know what I mean? There were some that were in the park with dogs running through you know I mean? baby carriages in the middle of somebody standing there with a, a megaphone, a loudspeaker. Um, but then there were some that were pretty good. Some of them um, stood the test of time that are going on now because it's summer again, where, where people were setting up shop on roof on rooftops. And those are kind of sexy. I mean, uh, those are pretty good. You know, when we came back in, everything was at one third. There yeah. were plexiglass dividers in between all the tables at uh, at the club that I work at, the comedy cellar. So it was, um, yeah, that wasn't pretty. Did they? Did the com? Did the comedy business, the comedy clubs, did they survive? No, I mean, a couple of them went under. One of them that was a. Uh, kind of a, a historical club. I mean, not the hottest club in New York City, but it was a kind of a landmark danger fields that had been around since the beginning of time here in New York City uh, went under. And there was another uh, probably two or three clubs that went under permanently here. One of them is there in, in uh, um, re, um, popped up in Austin, the, um, the Creek in the Cave made a move down there to Austin. So, um, yeah, um, yeah, some of them, you know, some um, sustained with the rooftops. A couple of them went under, like, you know, um, kind of like you were saying, like, don't be Sears, the ones that couldn't, that couldn't adapt. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, not to get off on a tangent, but it, it's a pretty remarkable time when you think about how well people pivoted. I mean, Look at Zoom. Look at you know, look at what businesses did. I mean, I don't know if it I don't know if it works or it sustains itself. But bands that would start doing shows and then you pay a fee is that what you guys would do in comedy? Yeah, I mean the Zoom shows were pretty good, man. My buddy, my buddy Mike Birbiglia like created like his own entity where he would do these Zoom shows, and I think he was doing them like maybe I want to say once a month. But I mean, there were like a thousand people on these shows. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And he was doing a couple of them a night. So it was easier to reach an audience that, you know, maybe couldn't come to a theater in the city that you're in. They could come from around the country, but he did it really well. Like he, you know what I mean? He, he got a studio. The lighting was good. You know what I mean? It was, it was a good situation. 
Whereas, you know, some people, like you say, if you can't adapt, then, um, yeah, it was it was it became very, very difficult for those that were, um, you know, trying to use the, the old model and weren't able to do something online. Um, some of them moved their their shows to the park. Some of them moved their, their shows to the roof of the comedy club. I know the New York Comedy Club did that. But the ones who weren't able to do that to make those changes, especially online, they went under. Were you, was everyone doing it for free? No, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying it's exactly. How did you collect, John? Right, you're well, on a roof. You know, you got an apartment complex rooftop. Tell me how you're going to get my money. A lot of them were still charging, and some of the outdoor shows. Speaking of, yeah, like making the transition, they would um, collect the money on Venmo. They would say, "Hey, if you had a good time, Venmo." Nice. And sometimes especially during the pandemic, people were so grateful yeah. to one, be out of the house safely and two, be able to go somewhere and get a laugh that the Venmo money they said was actually, you know, just asking people to donate was sometimes better than what would have been at the door. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, there was, there was, you know, some, some technological movement there, but, uh, but uh, doing it for free. Oh, my God. I mean, <laughs> right. sometimes, sometimes we feel like we're doing uh, comedy for free anyway. Well, I didn't but, know if uh, comedians were like Uber drivers during that time, right? I mean, I remember being, I think it was in Vegas, and you couldn't get an Uber. And I finally said, finally got a guy. And I said, what's going on? He goes, you make more money at home. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, we were, we were, uh, we were still getting paid. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> last thing, I want you to tell the story. Um, I, you're, you're. I guess you were a were you a blue chip basketball player coming out of high school, highly recruited, all that stuff, right? I was. Yeah. All right. So I was recruited to come out of high school, but not not to that level. But I heard some pretty bizarre recruiting pitches. I can't remember what school <laughs> what school it was that you were telling me about. Um, I want to say somewhere like Wyoming or Montana. I don't know where it was. Uh, yeah. Tell people about. <laughs> The, the best recruiting pitch you ever got. You know, I'm into big California Cabernet, but I'm betting most of you have far more varied taste than me. And while you can get a fabulous cab at Specs, the selection and prices at Specs for everything is out of this world. There's no better one-stop shop than Specs, wine, spirits, and finer foods because Specs has thousands, thousands of wine, spirits, and beer selections at everyday lower prices. A four-time national retailer of the year, Specs has you covered for everything from tailgating to cocktail parties to the perfect beer for a day on the lake. And here's a tip. Make sure you sign up for Specs Key Club, and you'll get discounts, event tastings, and new releases. Go to Specs Online backslash Key Club to join. You can even order online to get same-day delivery. Shop a Specs near you. They're everywhere. Amazing deals at specsonline.com. That's specsonline.com. You know, it's funny that you mentioned Wyoming and Montana, because I went to both of those places. For some reason, when I went on my recruiting trip to Montana, they had been recruiting me since I was like a freshman in high school. I knew I wasn't going there. I was too too big time by the time I was a senior. But my coach said they were the first people to recruit you. It would be a, a nice gesture to go and 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 uh and visit them anyway. So I did. I used one of my trips to go up there. They had a parade one day. I think I was the only black person in the whole town. <laughs> <laughs> nice people though. Don't I mean don't yeah I'm not I'm not you know saying anything disparaging about the people. Montana was so slow back then. I was in Bozeman, Montana. This is a true story. And you know I'm standing there talking on the phone and it's it's time to go. 
And there's this this guy standing at the end of the this like ramp, you know, the leading out of the waiting area to the plane. Guy standing there, right? So I, I I hang up the phone. I start walking to get on the plane, and the guy says, "Hey, man, you ready?" And I was like, "Yeah." And I looked at him, and he's got a a hat on. It's the pilot <laughs> standing there waiting for me to get off the phone. I I walk in. They close the door behind me and taxi out to the runway. That's how uh, yeah how empty it was up in Montana. But uh, yeah, the university, uh, this coach from the University of Wyoming called me and, um, you know, normally they tell you, hey, man, we've got this on campus. We think we're going to make it to the Elite Eight next year. You know, we the the head coach knows this coach at this NBA team and this coach at this NBA team. And the guy says, hey, John, man, I got to ask you a question. And I was like, "Okay, you know, is he going to ask me, am I going to work hard? You know, do I get along with people? He said, you know, up here in Wyoming, man, you know, we ask everybody the same question. Do you like white women? And I was like, what? What? That's what you need to stop asking. Do you like white women? What kind of basketball? Not not what position you would play or offense they're going to run or what the offseason training is like. None of that. Not to mention, I'm from Denver. It wasn't like he was recruiting me from Zimbabwe. You know this? You know this? Hey, bro. You know there's some white women down here. Like, why am I coming all the way up there? <laughs> yeah, say, yeah, exactly. I'm not, from the, I'm not from the Congo. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you think it's just like a like he has it on a three by five card? That's just what you're supposed to ask some guy. Oh, I mean, <laughs> God. And he paused, man, with that dramatic pause. Like, wait till I. Ask him this one, like, are you, what are you talking about, dude? Um, what, and that was was there, did he have a follow-up? He had no follow-up, Okay. Man. Yeah, yeah. It's and just, I politely said, I politely said, uh, you know, I like all women, you know, hashtag all women matter. Like, what are you talking about, dude? <laughs> all right, what, where are you next? What's coming up? Oh, man, right now I am uh, I'm constantly working on the app. So we've got a second version coming out in probably like two days. Should be out by Friday, no later than early next week. The second version where everybody can have a profile on the app. And um, and I'm getting ready to do a one man show, getting ready, getting ready to do these one man shows. And and God willing, that'll lead to a special. I've got some people hitting me up about, hey, we should do a special. We should do a special. But I'd like to be a little more ready than I am right now. It's uh maybe completely inappropriate question. Is there are you getting offers to buy the app? I always think of people that get in the app. They get into they get into apps very sincerely. They're not even thinking about the end game, but sure enough, sooner or later, if you're good enough at it, somebody comes along and says, I'll I'll buy it. Yeah. I'm I'm so traumatized when you just said I've I've gotta is it appropriate to ask this question? I thought you were gonna say, Do you like white women? Yeah, well I was, I was gonna finish with that, John. Of course. It's the standard question every time. <laughs> Um, no, no one offering to outright buy the app, but what we have made it now to, uh, the, the venture capital stage. So people wanting to put money into the app to grow it. So that's actually what I was doing all this morning was looking over the, the new pitch deck that you use to talk to the, the folks with the much bigger checkbooks than the, um, the investors that I'm dealing with right now. Very cool. Uh, good talking to you again. We'll do it again. All right. I promise. Jeff, always a pleasure, brother. All right, man. See ya.